What's going on, everybody? We are back again. It is Tuesday, so you know I've got J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils in the building. But more importantly, I'm pretty sure J.J. is hyped because basketball starts tomorrow. I know everyone is eager for the season, especially those Blue Devils. But more importantly, we have to talk about that side of football a little bit because they played Pittsburgh. And according to statistics and standings, Pittsburgh's seated at number one. So can they hold on? Can they finish out and win the Coastal and get to that ACC championship? We'll talk about that all today. Let's go. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, friends. J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils is in the building. And, of course, we are excited because there are several things we got to go over. There might be a little bit of not excitement for J.J. Because I'm thinking that, you know, we talk about the football side of things. It might not be great today. That's okay. We always find optimism out of hard days. But let's get into it, J.J. How are you feeling? I'm great, Candace. Thank you so much for asking. Doing very, very well. Uh, got a chance to celebrate my birthday this past weekend for oh, friends snap. and family, which was a uh, a whole lot of fun. My Atlanta Braves won the World Series as okay. I'm repping them today. So, uh, you know, and, and Duke basketball starts. Today is Tuesday. That means Duke basketball season starts, and I can't wait for it. So, yeah, I'm doing well, Candace, and I can put the football game away. The Duke football team showed some flashes, which I'm so pleased with okay. at this time of year. So, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing Listen, great. JJ, happy belated birthday, my friend. Thank I can't you. believe you Thank didn't you. tell me. I should, you know what? I need to ask all the guys when their birthdays are so I can make sure I give a shout out, give them a little gifts and a little cash app, all that good stuff. It. But no, I am so grateful to have you on the show, as I remind you each and every time. And of course, college basketball is underway. Duke plays Kentucky. And I know you're pumped about that. And more importantly, about the fact that your Blue Devil are sitting number one in the preseason and they're uh, Paolo Boncaro, he is sitting number one freshman player of the year, already predicting him to do great things. We'd love to know your thoughts just around the start of basketball season. How good are you guys feeling for Coach K's last run? Oh, we're excited. We absolutely are excited. It's something that we talk about a lot over on Lockdown Blue Devils, the podcast I do every day. And you're right. This is the it. This is it. This is the start of the final season that Mike Krzyzewski will be the head coach. This Duke basketball team looks so talented. And now we get to find out how well they're going to play together. I think they'll be much improved as they were a year ago. I mentioned celebrating my birthday over the weekend. Well, let me tell you this. Last year, for the first time in my existence, I had to watch Duke basketball not participate in the NCAA tournament. I don't think that'll be the case again this year. I can't wait for the season to get started tonight against a really good Kentucky team. I'm ready for Duke to make a statement, though, Candace. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And let's talk about for a second the fact that Carolina starts tomorrow with Loyola, and they're kind of doing what Duke will ultimately be experiencing next season, right? With Hubert Davis being the heir to Roy Williams, and you have Coach K going to retire, then John Shire taking over. Would love to know your thoughts. Do you think it's just going to keep rolling? Duke basketball is bigger than whoever is behind the brand, or do you think you're getting a good taste from that Hubert Davis energy to see maybe what y'all deal with next year? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, Duke basketball certainly is Mike Krzyzewski. He has mm. won that right, being the winning all-time coach in NCAA history. Five national championships at Duke. All five have been done thanks to Coach K 
being the head guy there. So uh, with that being said, though, I do think that John Shire is ready to rock and roll. He's already gotten off to a great start in the class of 2022. Recruiting has already landed a commitment in 2023 and is only going to continue to build from there. The next question is, what does the on-the-court results look like? Mm-hmm. And yes, Duke will be paying very close attention to what's going on there in Chapel Hill. Very fascinating that Roy Williams exits the game. Coach K goes out a year after the fact. North Carolina is better accustomed to this because they went from Dean Smith through a couple of coaches before finally setting along Roy Williams and how well he's done. For Duke basketball, it's been 42 years of Coach K. (laughs) Like, we're never going to see something like this again, so it's definitely going to be a transition period. But that's why I've got to celebrate this year. We've got to enjoy every moment, and it starts tonight with Duke and Kentucky from Madison Square Garden, the mecca of college basketball. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. (laughs) Right. Are you soaking it all in? Are you relishing in every single moment for these I've got to. I've got to because, I mean, I I don't know – I really do not know what to expect tonight when I turn the television on and I see Mike Krzyzewski and Duke and know, all right, this is it. Like, this is the last first game of the season. I don't know what I'm going to be experiencing. I don't want to experience this, Candace, uh, being fully (laughs) transparent because I want Coach to be there forever. But there is time for a change at a certain point, and and life's got to go on. And so, uh, yeah, you just got to enjoy it and see what can happen this year. And then look on to the years to come. No doubt. Listen, no judgment if you have a few thug tears. Like I will not judge you. I cried about Roy, so I'm not even going to sit here in front. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that the tears are going to come tonight. Yeah, uh, they definitely will come throughout the rest of the season, though, and as it goes on for sure. The last, uh, I promise you, that game in Cameron Indoor when he walks off that floor yeah. for the final time, absolutely, it'll be waterworks in yeah. the household of J.J. Jackson. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm also excited just to see Kentucky, who had a very difficult 2020 season, how they compete against this Duke team, who also had a tough 2020 season. Can they both look past that and try and really relish in this moment, new energy? I think that's going to be big. Coach Calipari is a guy who obviously will not be there forever as well, but it's still that classic, you know, Coach K, Coach Calipari in action. I'm glad they're doing it early, right? We talk about big teams wanting to step up and play good teams right out the gate. It really shows and proves testament to where these programs are trying to be or who they are right in the moment. We've seen that a lot here recently from Kentucky getting off to slower starts with their newer teams. Duke, not so much. Mm -hmm. I think over the past few years, Duke has done a good job of having a player or two. Trey Jones comes to mind in recent years coming back for a sophomore season and being a big leader for that Duke basketball team to where they're able to get off to a quicker start. We, of course, remember, I'm going to bring this up today. Kentucky fans aren't going to like it, but that's okay because this is locked on ACC. And right. This is locked on Blue Devils. Uh, speaking to my listeners as well. A couple of years ago, we started with Kentucky. The very first game of Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish's freshman season. And Duke won like 118 to 84. Like, just knocked the snot out of them. <laughs> right? Yes. And, and we all remember that. So I'm mm-hmm. hopeful something like that takes place tonight. And uh, I'm certainly going to be watching every second of it. Man, I think Powell's about to light it up. And I'm excited for that. For an ACC, SEC standpoint, like I hope that really is the case. Yep. But for, for me, you know, as someone, I'm a totally fine with Coach K leaving. Like I'm happy this is his one year. I'm going to relish in it. But I'm yeah. also like, all right, let's see some change here. But that's super important. No, I'm glad we got to have this conversation. But 
And let also, me get one more thing in yes, here. Yes, please. As you, you, you brought up the start of the season. The Champions Classic is uh, what the event is called. It's every mm-hmm. single year now for six or seven years at this point. It's always the same four schools. People get upset. Why is it always those? Well, that's the event. The event was created for Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and Michigan State. They rotate who's playing who every single year. But if you look at the top 25, Candace, and the games that they're playing to start the year, I'll just mm-hmm. pick out a couple of them, right? Please. Virginia is playing Navy to start the year, mm-hmm. okay? Alabama is playing Louisiana Tech. Illinois is playing Jackson State. Memphis is playing Tennessee Tech. North Carolina is playing Loyola. Tennessee is playing UT Martin. Purdue is playing Bella Marine. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? So you're saying we're not up to snuff right now. It's okay okay to have this primetime event to kick off Mm -hmm. the year. I love it. Like it's number nine Duke versus number 10 Kentucky. It doesn't get better than that to start the year. No, I love the energy of that. Again, I say you got to sh- figure out who you are. I go you know, on the football side of things as they're about to transition. And yeah. you have Clemson playing a Georgia, right? You have Alabama playing the Miamis of the world. Like you got to know who you are early so you can figure it out and then just quickly. So, no, I'm totally here for it. The classic, it reminds me of college football playoffs, same four teams. But, no, that's a whole nother story for another day. <laughs> but exactly. as we're gearing up for some ACC football talk, we'd love to get JJ's thoughts as the predicted winner of – of the, the coastal side of things, played his beloved Blue Devils this past weekend, and it was a doozy. But like he said, got to give some credit to those Blue Devils for finally putting up some points. But first, I want to remind you guys that if you have not yet, please download the app that is Prize Picks. It is a college sports daily fantasy leader and offers more props than anyone in the world. You can pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry because it's just you versus the projected numbers. So if you want to have a Paolo Banquero versus an Armando Baycott, whatever you feel like is going to happen during the season, it's all up to you. You can use this award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it is that easy. Prize Fix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And I'm telling you right now, hint, hint, I'm giving you a promo code, so you better use it. Locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use that promo code to go to prizepix.com. Go to that App Store. Download the app today because Prize Fix is daily fantasy made easy. Talking to J.J. Jackson here from Locked on Blue Devils. And, of course, the college basketball world is starting today, right? We're recording here at night, so apologies for that mishap. But college basketball is starting tonight. But also, we've got some good football talk that we have to get to. Pittsburgh played Duke. They are currently leading the Coastal, and they definitely had things rolling. Had a bit of a scare in the first half of that game, but certainly got things together. I, for one, was rooting for some haywire, something going crazy. I just figured Duke's hungry for one conference win, and damn it if it's not going to be against Pittsburgh because that's just how life goes in ACC Coastal side of things. When you initially had this matchup and you've seen how the season is going, did you think Duke had a fighting chance? And if so, again, we always talk about the positives. What were you feeling about this squad? Yeah, no, I uh, appreciate you asking that question. Again, I want to say thank you, Candice, because uh, uh, the past several weeks you've been unlocked on Blue Devils a good bit. You've been on hand at Wallace Wade, providing our podcast network with coverage 
of Duke football, which has been great, so much fun to follow. You were always talking about it felt like over the years the Duke and Pitt game got wild. And it does. I talked about that last week on my show in a crossover podcast with Nick Faribault, who does our Locked on Pit podcast. Um, looking forward to having him on Locked on ACC in the future to talk some some things. How crazy yeah. this game has been. At the end of the first quarter, Duke was winning 12-7. to 7. Candace, we were winning <laughs> at the end of the first quarter in an ACC game. It right. feels like it's been forever since I've experienced something like that, right? And this game, and Duke came out to play. Yeah. The defense has a safety early in the first quarter. They score that touchdown afterwards to go up 12-7. to seven. Uh, To start the second quarter, Pittsburgh puts together a really impressive drive. Addison has the 47-yard touchdown reception from Kenny Pickett. Pitt goes up 14-12, and you're thinking, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> it's about to get tragic. Well, guess what? Duke immediately takes the kickoff back. Okay. Yards. Thanks Let's talk Dylan about Spencer. it. Like, that was awesome. Like, this Duke team fought. It didn't matter that the odds were stacked against them. I know at the end of the day, the whole world knows that Pittsburgh is a better football team than the Duke Blue Devils. But on Saturday, that did not matter to the guys wearing the Duke D on their helmets. Like, Absolutely. they were ready to play. They didn't give up at any moment during the game. All you could do was applaud that because this team showed some fight. There was a stretch, as we have discussed on this show and on Locked On Blue Devils, where Duke gave up 100 consecutive points without scoring this season. They did not do that on Saturday. They were competitive, and it was amazing to see. What were your thoughts? You know, I sat there and said, okay, after going to the Wake Forest Duke game, listen, the only putting up seven points, and that's because Wake cleared its bench, and you're thinking, okay, Figure out the offense somehow, some way. So for me, the fact that they even put up 29 points, if you can't see progress out of that, then I don't know what to tell you, Duke fans, because I think that they're giving you everything they can. They're playing three, all three sides of the football. They're doing it. Special teams, Jalen since that was beautiful, that run back. Well, you ne I never get to see that often, right? But he took that straight to the house. But you also saw Riley Leonard get in there and definitely have step up in big ways and true freshman, and he'll have big challenge ahead of of him if uh, my guy Holmberg is hurt and having to go to Virginia Tech, all of that good stuff. But he looked poised. I mean, you're playing against a really good Pittsburgh team, and he was still moving the ball decently. But you kind of got in trouble Pittsburgh-wise when they just kept flowing. To, to me, it didn't say a lot about Kenny Pickett as much as it did about his help. Right, We talk about Sam Hartman and his trio of receivers, but damn it, if Kenny Pickett didn't have some good receivers. Jordan Addison is just a beautiful. He makes you miss in ways that's just embarrassing. Yeah, Wayne good. makes you miss in ways that are just tough, right? The best of the best. And that's why, you know, ultimately, I think they were able to put it away. But you have to give credit to Duke because I think that ultimately they're figuring it out. And I still think that they're very capable of getting a conference win before the season is done. And they could have, I know it's going to be hard to go to Lane Stadium, but it's very doable. Yeah. And this Duke football team, we saw them compete on Saturday versus Pittsburgh. All you can ask for again, Pittsburgh winning that game by a score of 54 to 29. We saw three different quarterbacks take snaps for Duke between Gunnar Holmberg, a freshman, Riley Leonard, who had his first touchdown pass of the season, and then Luka Diamond as well. So getting to see a lot of the guys of the future is great for them to get that experience. And then also have got to give some love, Candace, to Mateo Durant 
who had 89 more rushing yards on Saturday. He went over the 1,000-yard mark for the season. He becomes the first Duke football player since Chris Douglas in 2003 (laughs) to run for over 1,000 yards. Just the sixth player all time in Duke football. This is a Duke football program that has had Steve Spurrier be its head football coach, has had David Cutcliffe take it to a number of different bowl games, has been around for a really long time, and you only have six players in the history of your program to run for a 1,000 yards, and Mateo Duran is one of them. That's something that needs to be celebrated in Durham because here's a reality check. There are schools out there, Candace Cooper, that have 2,000-yard rushers in the same season. Duke has only had six ever, and so we've got to celebrate what Mateo Durant's been able to do this year. Well, I would say kudos to him, but in terms of we're talking about statistics and him only being the sixth player, I would love to know your thoughts in terms of leadership change and things that are – it's very obvious that's going to happen, right? Like, it is what it is. But what are you guys looking for in a new head coach, potentially? (laughs) Like, there's a – I mean, of course, there's, like, this new high fly. We want to get a young guy who's super smart. We want to get, you know, all these coordinators that are super flashy. Like, what would your ideal person be to help get this program back to at least bowl level? Yeah, you're making me act like I'm at that big board meeting that I'm a board of trustees <laughs> member at Duke University trying Call to Call up Nina, and, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, here's what I think should happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, first and foremost, you've got to be able to find somebody that gets people excited about your program. I think it starts there. I think you look at Wallace White Stadium. You've been there uh, multiple, multiple times throughout the season. Have you been impressed with the atmosphere? It wasn't there last year, so you've got to be a little bit impressed with it, right? It's a little bit better, sure. And I love it because there's very less, there's the least amount of traffic of any stadium I go to post game. Which is great, but we don't need that to be a thing, Candace, right? Like, if if you want to be competitive, you've got to have an intense and amazing game day atmosphere. So you've got to find a football coach who wants that to be a priority. And, and and not that David Cutcliffe hasn't wanted to be that that way. I understand sure, yeah. there are issues at hand. I understand there are programs in the Duke athletics world that are more important. They're never going to be men's basketball. Totally get right. that. But there's still room for improvement. There's still room for growth. And then you've just got to be consistent year in, year out. Yeah. And let's talk about the fact that people still come to games. Like, I know people want to act like, oh, it's empty, whatever. But there have, there's a tried and true Duke fan football no fan doubt. base. No you doubt. know what no I'm doubt. saying? So, I, like, I, there are people who have seen it in the trenches when right. it was rough. I can only imagine with someone who brings some spirit what that right. kind of stadium would For be For sure. Like. I, every week on Locked On Blue Devils, and again, some folks are listening to this on my podcast this week, which is great. Every week during the football season, I've had somebody from uh, Section 17, the Section 17 podcast, at Wallace Wade Stadium, all the way there at the end. Those guys are rowdy. They're so mm-hmm. fired up about Duke football every single Saturday. Their show is great. Like, they are diehard Duke football fans out there, Candace. You're exactly right. There needs to be more, though. That's what yeah. it comes down to. There's got to be more. I definitely think that there will be more because you're going to bring in the guy who wants to not only be there, you know, just to rejuvenate and revive, but he genuinely cares about the program, right? I think a lot of times people understand that this might be a pit stop, but you got to find the person who's going to buy in, right? You might understand that this might not be your end all be all, but hey, it could be Coach K say for two years. You never know what's going to happen, right? We can never predict the future. People can have fun in places. I I hate when people are like, oh, it's never going to, you know, work out for long, but you just don't know. Right. right. You just don't. But no, I completely agree and think that ultimately it's just a great 
time to see transition. Like that's what we're seeing in the triangle in so many ways beyond besides NC State. Everybody's kind of seeing that, okay, nobody can be here forever. You know, it was great while it lasted, but let's kind of move on to something maybe bigger, maybe better, maybe just the same, or even get us back to, right? So there's a lot that's going to happen there. But I think ultimately, again, they're still looking for that conference win. Absolutely possible against that Virginia Tech team going into next week. Burmeister is very much exposed. Puente is I don't know what he got going up up there in Blacksburg, but I do believe that Duke has a chance. After what I saw against Pittsburgh, they absolutely have a chance. No doubt. No doubt. I can't wait to see how these final three games go for the Duke football team and um, that hopefully they're able to pick up that first ACC win because it would mean so much. There we go. All right, we got to finish up the show here, but I want to make sure you guys are well-equipped as you gear up for college basketball. Again, starting tonight, you have to sign up for Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you are feeling the Blue Devils at the Classic, you've got to make sure that you are into this website. It's new. It's an updated desktop mobile website. You can sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus. It's your number one spot for all of the basketball, even football action this season from basketball, football, baseball, even some boxing UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available to you. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the show here with JJ Jackson. Follow him at Locked On Blue Devils. Podcast is always amazing. He has some great guests. You know, I'm just <laughs> going to sit there and say. Thank but you. as you're looking for week 11, we're gearing up to football. We're going to mix in a little bit of everything with basketball as well. How are you feeling about the Atlantic and the Coastal when it comes to these football championship hopes for some of these squads? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a photo finish in a lot of ways for what we're going to see. I think uh, it was crazy what we saw on Saturday in the North Carolina and Wake Forest game with, with North Carolina being able to knock off Wake Forest with that three-point victory in a non-conference game, which I will never understand why that <laughs> happens. Like, right? why you feel the need to play another ACC school knowing it's not going to count towards your ACC standings. But I'll leave it there. I think we're going to have that epic matchup between NC State and Wake Forest still to come in the year. And, uh, look, I I know that Clemson obviously has not had the year that they've wanted to, but they still move the needle in terms of ACC discussions. And I'm really curious how Dabo Sweeney's bunch can close out the year and how that sets up years to come. Like, is this going to be – more of an open air, like what's happening in ACC football for the next few years, or was this a one-year just, you know, eliminated outlier uh, for Dabo Sweeney and what Clemson's to be? So tons of things to follow in the final three weeks of ACC football. I'll tell you what, you know, as much as we rag on Clemson and not having the greatest years, them jokers figure out how to win. I'm like, Louisville literally had everything going for them. Clemson only was ahead for four minutes of that whole game, and they still figured it out and were able to pull it off. So as much as we dog them, it's not pretty by any means. But that's the whole theme of the ACC. Nothing has been pretty. Nobody has dominated anybody. And I think Wake Forest definitely laid an egg. Like, 
wow, that's embarrassing. Your whole college football playoff hopes go down the drain in a deja vu game against Carolina. Like that has to stink. But more importantly, that AC, that Atlantic, pretty much the championship game between NC State and Wake Forest is going to be, to me, the one to circle on the calendar because. I just, I really want to root for NC State, but I also got to be a homer a little bit, with my grad degree and root for Wake Forest. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm really, really conflicted, but you can honestly convince me. Anybody can convince me right now to root for their team. As much as we read these YouTube comments, everyone's saying there's hope, there's a chance. You can all, There's always, you know, that whatever. So you're saying there's a chance kind of energy going into the rest of the season, but you're right. Photo finish, it's going to be fun. I think that's the biggest thing. The fact that we still can't say definitely <laughs> who yeah. is going to be our champion or who's even going to meet for the championship. So, it, yeah. And then even beyond that, the championship is going to be something great, but for a number of these teams, they're not going to make it to a bowl game this year, Candace. And so let's have an honest conversation, you know, like, <laughs> like what does that look like next year? You know? Yeah. And so like these games do matter in terms of how you're going to build it up for your program in the years to come and that sort of thing. So someone like Duke, someone like Boston college, someone like Georgia tech for like just a couple of wins, on the year, Boston College is fascinating to me, Candace. Right, <laughs> and I, I rarely get the opportunity to talk about them, but they have scored the fewest amount of points in the ACC this season. Um, Duke just thirteen points ahead of Boston College has scored fifty-seven. Duke has scored seventy, but Boston College has given up the second fewest amount of points in wow. the ACC, only to NC State. How is that possible? <laughs> How does a team give up that few points? And is only one in four in ACC play. You know, I, I wish I had the answer that. for you. <laughs> I wish I had the you know, answer. It's like for they're you. like really intrigued. That's what I'm saying. Like one to 14 in the standings, there's so many intriguing football teams that you still kind of get to follow over the last few weeks of the season. Absolutely. And you know, I'm so glad you said that because we're segueing into tomorrow's show with AJ Black. I'm getting all your questions answered for you, yeah. AJ. I'm going to make sure that Locked on Boston College host AJ Black Give answers all those. Them love. Like, are you kidding? The second <laughs> yeah. fewest points given up? Yeah. And they're like Clemson or something. But no, it's Boston College. I would have never guessed that because we talked, even AJ said all year how the defense was going to be the worst part of their game. And yet, and still, here we are talking about them in such a positive light. JJ, it's always a pleasure to get to have these conversations with you, my friend. Thank you so much. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Yeah, for sure. Locked on Blue Devils. It is basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting excited. Duke and Kentucky tonight, they play Army in their first home game of the season on Friday. That is significant because Coach K's final year, he got a start at Army. He played there and then was the head coach uh, for Army for five years, and that's going to be the final first home game of his career as Duke's head coach. That's coming up on Friday, so looking forward to that. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And every Tuesday I hang out with Candace Cooper here on Locked on ACC. So uh, looking forward to next week already. No doubt, JJ. Always a pleasure. Again, guys, come back tomorrow to hear Locked On Boston College host AJ Black. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On ACC. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate your time. Until next time.